Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Communication Means Talking Together. My name is Arjun Bakshi. So we've been talking as a society now for quite a few months, it feels, about AI, artificial intelligence, and the impact that it could have, it might have, and is already having on how we live, how we work, how we think, and how we identify as human. I thought it'd be a great opportunity for a quick discussion about how AI might or might not change the way we communicate. So let's think about a few different pieces here. What are, what are the sort of pieces of AI that we know are already in play? For one, we know it can generate complex and creative text in short amounts of time. It can write, for example, student essays for uh, school or college, right? It could write a report. It could possibly, I'm, I'm imagining, write a business plan that you could take to a financial institution and get funded. It could also uh, help you run things like blogs, social media. I myself have tried one of these websites and uh, a, a with very little input, you know, just some broad strokes that I provided, I got a very serviceable uh, output for an article about how you could improve your HR department, for example. That was just my test topic. And so there's no doubt that there is a very high level of proficiency that comes with this technology now. Some of it's free, some of it you have to pay for. I've even seen, and you must have seen them too, the AI art generators. And with some inputs, text inputs, suggestions, parameters, you could get a very beautiful portrait or painting, digital painting created and you know, render it and you've got something to put up on your wall. I imagine the same could be done with three-dimensional objects. So sculpts, busts, bobbleheads, if that's your thing. But let's come back to the main point, which is how could AI perhaps affect the way we talk? I think perhaps the biggest sense of caution is authenticity and from that to trust. There's no doubt, I've been only mentioning, for the most part, textual output, right, and AI art. But going along with it is, of course, video generation and voice generation. There are entire websites, and you can, you know, after this podcast, you can take a look. It's uh, astounding what, for relatively small amounts of money per month, um, as, a, as a content creator, you could take text and have a pretend human being uh, of the choice. You could choose a different look, a different ethnicity, a different uh, attire, different voice styles and tones, deeper, masculine, feminine, as you chose. And I think I even read this headline of uh, somewhere in Europe, I wish I remembered which country, where... An entire news broadcast 
was fully AI simulated. I imagine what they just did was the text input, and they selected an AI presenter who, shall we say, delivered the news. Now, what does that mean? And we've been for, I think a comparison point that came to me was uh, computer generation of imagery and graphics that we've had in our movies, our television now for two, three decades. I think it really came into its own in the 90s. The first movie that I remember with stunning, very believable computer imagery was Jurassic Park and that series. And of course, uh, it only got more uh, effective and uh, stunning from there. Now, of course, that was a dinosaur in that particular example. And when you're looking at a dinosaur, you can be fooled and you can suspend the disbelief for the moment. But in the end, you're you're aware at some level, this is make-believe. I'm in a cinema hall. I'm watching a movie on Netflix. This is not real life. Now, what if instead of a dinosaur that was your coworker, that was your CEO at whichever company you might work at? Could you be fooled? We know there's already been some phone scams, uh, people saying, hey, I'm so sorry, uh, uh, grandma or uncle or aunt, and it's and people pretending to be your family member, right? Calling on the phone, sounding remarkably like your loved one, and essentially asking you for money or saying that you're in trouble and you need help, and it's a scam artist. So this is just right out of the gate. You know, we're getting to a point where we could be very well fooled by an image of someone. And you can imagine how um, in a, a tumultuous world of world leaders, uh, there's conflict in different parts of the world at any point in time. You know, things could get really difficult and very sensitive um, if if we're not careful. So one would imagine and one would hope that there are some counteractive technologies that can, uh, and I've already read that there's, there's, there's some promise with these, that you can run them through and get a sense of how edited they are, how AI generated they are, and so on. But then again, that's like fact checking, right? That's after the fact. Um, and you can try and correct the record, yes, but people will have already seen you know, tens, hundreds, thousands, if not tens of thousands of people will have seen the so-called AI-generated video and perhaps been fooled by it. So pulling it all together, I think a, a real central, almost philosophical question is, well, if AI can, number one, fool people, and let's, let's hope we can get better at the ability to show our true authentic selves as much as possible. What does that mean? That means maybe allowing flaws to exist. And that's a, that's a comforting thought if you think. Your flaws, your, in, 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 your intricate eccentricities and so-called imperfections, they are your own. And so, you know, you might uh, have a higher tolerance perhaps for spelling mistakes fillers like uh and um and like and so forth. And because 
it feels comforting at the other end of the line uh, or the other end of the screen that I'm talking to a real person. Because I imagine, because it's so cheap, you're going to have a lot of companies using AI in customer service, in uh, different kinds of e-commerce, advertising, models might be AI generated for all you know especially the still photo models, uh, that's, uh, that's an easy replacement, unfortunately. So what, 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 what does it come down to? I think uh, what a mentor once told me was people are always going to need people. There is something about a human talking to another human. That is something that I would imagine and I would hope is irreplaceable. For functional needs, like if I'm buying a cheeseburger or going uh, buying a newspaper, walking the dog, if I have a robot helper, AI helper, physical robot helper, I might accept that and you know say, okay, that that's saving me some time, some some effort, maybe some money. But when I want to connect with someone and share my concerns, my thoughts, and feel encouraged and feel like I've helped someone, have that interchange, right? that communion, that, that communication, right? That's what this podcast is all about. That connection is what makes us human. Uh, and I think that is going to be, I hope, if not more than ever before, I think at the very highest peak of our existence, when AI reaches its peak, we will crave humanity even more. And so... Taking this sort of philosophical discussion to something more practical, what does it look like for us in our workplaces, schools, in our day-to-day -day lives as AI sort of intrudes into communication? Well, uh, I will tell you this because I was on a customer care call uh, for something I needed the other day, and it was the darndest thing trying to get a real human being on the other line. And you know, there's a plethora of these websites. I'm sure you can look them up where uh, dial a human, reach a human, you know, and, and for every big service provider, they're like, well, you have to click four here and star here and, you know, whatever it takes to talk to a human. Because, yes, uh, if I just need info about my account or something, I can look it up. I can log into a website. But if I want a particular salt problem solved and I want my concerns heard, I need a person. So when you're thinking about your workplace, well, first of all, definitely invest in the latest AI detection software for your company because you do not want, uh, without your permission, uh, that your employees or if you're an educational institution, your students are utilizing AI software to, shall we say, get their work done without learning. I mean, what's the point of that? Um, I will tell you this, that uh, when I was a child, and some of you may remember this too, depending on when you grew up, mental math was a big thing, right? Like 75 to 35, and so on, right? 55 to 75, right? I can still do that. I can still remember my times tables um, a, a certain way out. And I'm able to do it quickly, because I memorized them, I really practiced them. Of course, we all have calculators. Of course, we all have the ability to do complex math, especially now, again, with AI. But what's the point of mental math? 
what I can tell you in business, I can tell you in negotiation, I can tell you in high pressure situations when you're faced up with another person who you need them to sign on the dotted line, so to speak, and do business with you, they're not going to wait for you. And they're going to think less of you in some cases, if you pull out your phone or your calculator, if you have a dedicated old fashioned calculator. But if you can do rough math at the top of your head and give them a, at least a ballpark answer, they respect that. And more importantly, it moves the deal forward. So while I, like anybody else, use calculators all the time, mental math is a superpower, I think, in credibility, in business, and in making decisions, even in your own personal life. Maybe you're just buying groceries and you're like, okay, I think I bought five here, three there. And I, without pulling out my phone, I know I've picked up in my basket maybe $35 worth of groceries. So pulling it all back, the idea I'm trying to make with the calculator and with the mental math is a lot of these skills that technology now can do for us, just because you can use a computer to draw amazing 3D imagery, doesn't mean artists aren't worth what they were worth, if not worth even more, because the more you know that there is some real emotion and some real effort behind a piece of work now, the more worth it's going to be. And I'm going to call it right now that AI art will be a dime a dozen. I could be proven wrong. Who knows? Um, but uh, put art aside, it's really, it's really about knowing and valuing that human connection, motivating people, encouraging people, showing that you care, uh, stepping in when people are having a hard time showing them the way and yet giving them some tough love, tough love when, when it's needed. And, and that combination of that strong, helpful relationship that we have with the people that we feel responsible for, I think that is going to be uh, worth its weight in gold and then some in years to come. So that was a, uh, a very different kind of conversation, folks. And I hope, um, we can continue to have even more, uh, shall we say new topics over the weeks to come. Please feel, please always feel free to drop by on culturespeak.com uh, and leave us a line in the contact. There's a, there's a form there for you to have your say. Tell us what you thought of the show. Maybe even suggest things and ask questions for the future. And uh, I do get a few and you know, they're always fun to read. So thank you for those of you that did send something in. Um, if you like, uh, what you heard, please give us a like, a share, a subscribe, tell your friends about us, uh, and stay in touch. Have a great, great rest of your week.